You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, Influicity Director of Client Strategy Ben Alberts speaks with Heather Durante, VP of Global Demand Generation at Key Factor. Heather, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. We're happy to have you. Heather, why don't you go ahead and share your first marketing insight? So my marketing insight would be, I think, the theme of 2023, and certainly not the first time us as marketers have heard this, is how do we do more with less? And I think how I would frame that is just really understanding what works for your organization, what works for your customer, and doubling down on that. But also you have to understand what works from a channel perspective and where to make your investments and where to pull back investments. And how, how did you come to this? This opinion is a trial and error, doing more with less. This is a bit of like experimenting. How did you arrive at this? Well, I think as marketers, we're always fighting for budget. And that's been true when I've worked at very small companies. It's been true when I've worked at larger companies. It's always like, what share of the pie do we get? And I, I think, you know, through trial and error, through, you know, having been a marketer for for quite a long time, it always kind of comes back to, you know, how do you justify the money that you're asking for and how do you justify where you're putting that money and spending that money? And I think for when times are good, that is inspected less. And then when times are bad, we have to justify every single dollar and the return on that dollar. And, you know, I think we've done a really great job as marketers. You've seen like the, I think like the rise of revenue operations and the rise of inspecting every sort of, you know, conversion along the funnel and really understanding the data behind how those channels operate has put us in a better position to understand sort of where we put our dollars and what comes back, right? And so it's not finite. Attribution, I think, has been a challenge the entire time I've been a marketer. It's been a challenge across every industry, every company I've worked at, because, you know, it's not, you don't get direct attribution no matter what model you're using, right? So, you know, there's a lot of talk about dark social and there's a lot of talk about investing in brand and not being able to have like a dollar for dollar correlation. But we know there's some things that work and we know that there's things that don't. And some channels are better than others for us to to really sort of pinpoint this is costing too much. We're not getting there fast enough and being able to to sort of pull back. So, yeah. You mentioned something very interesting there, investing in brand. This is something, this is a common theme that that I've noticed across conversations that I've had with leaders like yourself. Sort of this tug of war arm wrestle between performance versus brand. How do you think about that? Where do you see the two pillars? Should they intertwine? Should they be separated? Where do you see the, the differences or similarities between investing in brand versus performance marketing? Yeah. And I think like brand is really foundational. So if you don't understand the market, you don't understand your customers, you don't understand, you know, sort of how you stack up against competitors, no flashy ad campaign is going to solve for that, right? So they they do have to be separate, but they obviously influence one another. So you need the right story, you need the right positioning, you need the right messaging, and you have to be able to package that in a way that resonates with people. And then you have to get out there because if nobody knows your company name, and this has been, you know, a few companies I've I've worked at, I've sort of asked sales when I first started, what's one thing marketing could do to make things better? And 
their question is like, I don't want to pick up the phone. And they say, who are you? Like they want, they want that part of their job to be easier. And so you have to build this story and you have to build this positioning in order to be able to make sales's job easier and all of our jobs easier. So brand is absolutely important. It doesn't necessarily, it can be very expensive, but it doesn't necessarily have to be as long as you know you have those foundational pieces in place. And then you have the infrastructure and, you know, you have sort of, you have to know where your audience is. So, you know, if I'm going to sponsor something for a security audience, I'm not going to do it in a space where they aren't. Right. And so you have to know sort of the best places for your investment in order to build that brand. And, and there are places you have to be, you know, and that sometimes costs money, but it's really sort of building that, that foundation from a brand perspective. And then for performance, again, it's just, making sure you're using the right channels, right? It's been very interesting looking at like different audiences throughout my career. And some audiences are some cha- are in some channels and some audiences just absolutely are not. So, you know, if you're a CMO selling to marketers, you know, very, you know your audience very well. You know what tactics work. You know, I've sold into security and that's a very, very different skeptical audience. And so marketers will take free stuff, right? It's really easy to do a direct mail campaign to a marketer. A direct mail campaign to a security audience doesn't work. They're, they're not clicking on links. They're not accepting things for free. So you have to match your performance tactics and, and your marketing tactics to, what, to how that audience actually educates themselves and how that audience actually, you know, wants to consume content and interact back with you. Do you think the way that different market segments consume content is changing or evolving? So it's interesting. The one constant I think I've seen, which was heightened during the pandemic, and then you think that, you know, it would go away is like webinar. Webinars still work really, really well. I find, you know, a lot of people, especially in in our business, a lot of people consume on demand. So we aren't really seeing the numbers of people show up for live webinars, but people are absolutely consuming on demand. And it's something like 80 to 90% of our campaign responses for webinar come on demand. So that's one absolutely, I think that remains true. And email, yes and no. It's still kind of shocking that email has been around for as long as it has and still remains somewhat of an effective channel. And I haven't necessarily seen it ever, you know, sort of perform above the benchmarks. And, and I think it's, it's still a good way to reach people. And then I think social, social is a good one. And that one, you don't necessarily have to invest marketing dollars into it to do it well. You just have to make sure that you have a, a position and you've got useful things to share. What are one or two marketing strategies that you'd like to execute on that you have not yet had the chance to do? Yeah, I think there's, again, some fun things that that are out there and, and some sort of like flashier ideas. But I, I think, you know, when you look at sort of what works for a business, specifically, I think where I am now, there's, again, certain partnerships within the organization that, you know, work better than others. One thing that, you know, I think we're really excited about in 2024 is partnering more with our channel partners and being able to amplify our message through very important strategic partnerships to our business and, and you know, selfishly borrow some budget from other places. Co-marketing is, is a very sort of strong 
a strong position that you can take. You know, there's a lot of of expertise that are, are sort of outside of your organization that you can tap into. So that's absolutely something that I think that we could be better at. And I'm excited about doing more in 2024. Sort of on the same topic before the before the mics went hot, you mentioned this this concept of evangelizing marketing. How yeah. do you think about evangelizing marketing and how do you how do you plan to roll this out in 2024? Yeah, I think you have to make friends across the organization. So a lot of the times, you know, we're we're partnered with sales, right? I think that's a very organic organizational alliance for us to we're both measured on revenue. We're both measured on sort of the same sort of outcomes. And so it's a natural relationship. And, you know, I think those silos still kind of exist in some organizations, depending depending on sort of how much they've worked against that sort of sales versus marketing mentality. But I think the fact that we've, we're aligned around revenue, we speak a common language, so it can be easier to build that relationship. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity. Since 2015, we've been building brand communities that drive revenue. First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com. At the same time, you should be friends with your finance team. <laughs> your finance team, you know, is, is in a lot of ways you know, sort of gatekeepers to the budget that you need to be able to build strategies that you want to execute on. And so if, if they don't understand sort of your thinking and your positioning and, and sort of how you build a strategy and why you invest money where you invest it and the differences in ROI based on, you know, sort of, is it a, like we talked about earlier, is it a brand play versus is it a performance play? You should be BFFs with your finance department because a lot of the times they can help unlock funds, which at the end of the day, it benefits the whole organization. You have to be able to demonstrate that. But also, you know, what other go-to-market teams can you tap into? I mentioned channel. Like partners is a big one. I think depending on sort of your business model, we sell into enterprise upper, like large enterprise organizations. You know, it's not always the only way into the door through one relationship between a salesperson and a, a single buyer, right? So, you know, that's a big one. And then I think understanding... You know, if you're in B2B, you're in SaaS, product is also a partner that you could have within the organization. So understanding, you know, user feedback, what's going into development, how you can leverage that and help shape conversations. You know, I think you really just should be part of the whole organization. Yeah, you started off by sharing your insights, saying this concept of doing more with less. Do you think... The, the do more with less mentality is, is perhaps a catalyst as to why, you know, marketing and sales and product and finance are, are, are like working more closely together, uh, getting along a little bit better now than they have in the past. Yeah, yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways, and it all comes down to budget, right? It's it, we're not being told to do more with less you know, resources, because the resources are, are, can also be shared across the organization. Sometimes we get to hire less people and, and we don't necessarily have the manpower, but that's where like tapping into other departments can really help sort of extend your marketing arm and extend sort of your, your marketing power, as long as you can align along the same goals, because that's really important to make sure that you get buy-in from other people. But yeah, I, I think sales budgets continue to be probably larger than marketing budgets, right? Because we're, they tend to be very people heavy. So being able to work with finance and sales on 
what they really want to accomplish and whether or not another sales headcount is really going to solve that problem or is it taking that money and investing it somewhere else and growing the business. So I think there's more conversations or there should be more conversations about the efficiency of spend and and headcount versus programmatic along the ways as well. So very good. You're a part of a, a marketing community group. How has this you know, helped you grow as a marketer, as a leader, as a person? Yeah, absolutely. I've been part of a number of different groups throughout my career. I'd give a shout out to Peak. I think it's a great community. So I'm happy to sort of name them directly. But I, I think it's really, none of us have the answers. None of us know everything. It's impossible. You know, maybe for LinkedIn, some people pretend like they do, but... It's all about personal brand building. But there's a lot of really great marketers out there who want to share knowledge. And I, I think that's been, you know, my experience in connecting with other people who who do the same sort of work is that we all really want to share our successes and share our failures. And, and that's been a really good space. And community has been a really good space to be able to learn from other people and, and get insight on like, hey, I want to try this tactic. I want to try this new channel. Has anyone else done this before? What's worked, what hasn't? Especially in, in the lens of do more with less. You're looking for insight in other places as opposed to just testing something, knowing that you don't know whether or not it's going to work or, or where to sort of focus your efforts. So leaning on community is, I think, just a great way to stay connected into, you know, what's happening in the industry and happening in marketing and, and happening sort of as things progress and grow. Have you uh, taken the advice from someone, a, a, a part of your community uh, that's, that's executed on a specific tactic and uh, layered it into your organization? Yeah, I think there's been a couple different learnings. Like, Demand is a very wide sort of, (laughs) it can be a very wide mandate within an organization. And so, you know, there's certain channels that I haven't directly worked with myself before, right? So, you know, I I manage performance marketing or manage sort of paid marketing or or digital. And I, I don't necessarily, I haven't actually done that as a practitioner before. So when we're thinking about like, again, investing in new channels, you know, I think LinkedIn is one of the most expensive to do advertising on. And so I've read a bunch of different threads or, or interacted with other people or connected one-on-one to say, where should I start? What should I do? If I want to bring an agency in, what are the questions I should be asking? How should I be vetting it? Really just information gathering. And it's been super helpful in just sort of like adding the context I didn't have myself. The power of the hive mind. Yeah, any predictions for 2024 in the world of marketing? Uh, I think there's some interesting things going on. Didn't want to focus too much on like trendy things like AI, but I think we're certainly going to figure out how to make ourselves more efficient. And there's a lot of companies that are sort of ahead of that game and and integrating it into their workflows and, and what they want to try. And, and I think as we continue to sort of evolve marketing, it's always been, how do we be more efficient? So again, that also plays well into the do more with less um, sort of mindset. If you're a smaller team, what kind of tools can you use to make your job easier to scale? Because you can't scale people, but maybe you can if, if we've got ways of working smarter and not harder. So, you know, I think there'll be a continued sort of investment in AI tools. I'll say like one of the most exciting ones that I've learned about recently is like one that can do 
meeting minutes and then, you know, create action items. And that type of work takes a long time. So if I had a tool to be able to do that, you know, it just sort of unlocks my brain power for other things and unlocks sort of the potential of the team to not focus on administrative tasks and sort of open up productivity. And I think that's really one of the things that in 2024, I'm excited to see what tech built on top of AI models is going to help marketers be more efficient. A lot of it is rooted in inefficiency and doing more with less. Another thing quickly I'd love to touch on is before we started, you mentioned like the idea of not necessarily having to always reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. stick with what works. Can you tell me a little bit about like how you keep yourself rooted in that mentality? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's, there's a lot of, you know, what I call like shiny object syndrome. So as marketers, we're always like looking at the newest things. And I don't even think like just marketers are guilty of this. I think, you know, a lot of us are excited when new things come out. You know, I had a boss who was like, hey, should we host an event in the metaverse? And I'm like, that's very expensive right now. And and is it really going to give us the same return as, as, you know, hosting more of a traditional live stream or or webinar? And so, you know, I, I think we, we, we need to be rooted in the plays that, that tend to work have to be rooted in how we connect with people because at the end of the day, people are, are buying our software. They're not, we still have to be able to connect. So the foundational elements of building really strong messaging, understanding your customers, connecting with your customers the way they want to be connected in on channels that they're already on. These are fundamental things that just don't really change. They evolve but they don't really change at the end of the day. So as long as you are, you know, your North Star is how do I serve the customer in a way that is going to add value, then the tactics might change or some of the things that we do might change. But at the end of the day, we can't lose sight on, we can't lose sight of connecting. I love that. Uh, shiny new tools might be the kinds of things that could help with, with efficiency. But at the end of the day, we really are connecting with people. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that changes. <laughs> That'll never change. Heather, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. We appreciate your insights and thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at Influicity.com.